Welcome to another episode of Architect Tomorrow. As you can see, I've broken out of Zoom. There aren't the horrible square boxes. We're actually here in person in London, uh, actually in the uh, St Mary Act building, otherwise known affectionately as the Gherkins. You can see the kind of design of the building behind us. Um, so yeah, I'm here today with Ben, Ben McCarthy um, of Salesforce Ben. A bunch of reasons why I'm uh, excited about the conversation with Ben today. Uh, the first is, and I always love this, when members of the community introduce me to new people to come talk to. So Penny Townsend, who you've probably seen on a couple of videos before, uh, introduced me to Ben. Uh, also, Tanium, for, for the last, well, over a year, has been part of the Salesforce ecosystem, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but yeah, look, Ben, um, let's kick off with a bit of an intro and background to yourself. Sure. How did you get into sort of tech to start with, and then what's your journey to Salesforce, Ben? Yeah, sure. So. I guess tech, uh, kind of the conventional route, always been into computers like tinkering, building PCs, like water cool PCs when I was younger and, and things like that. Um, I was never really that academic at school, like very average student, like C's and B's. What about the coursework? Yeah, but yeah, the practical stuff. So my, yeah. my A's were kind of, you know, IT computers. Right. And, but eventually I went on to do information systems at Cardiff University, which I didn't know at the time, but it was like the perfect course for okay. a job in Salesforce because it's information systems is basically half business, half computer science. It's about the system part of it. Together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I eventually got a graduate job uh, as a graduate IT consultant, which, and I didn't know what I was going to be consulting on. I just thought, right. oh, you know, I'm a generic IT consultant, but on day one, it was Salesforce that I was that I was introduced to. And as soon as we started, uh, and I was in the group at room, and actually I was the only one from an IT background. I was in the room with like a political student, English yeah. student, but um, you know, everyone kind of just got it straight away. You know, everything that you've been building on, I don't know, Microsoft Access when you're at school, like things like that, you know, it just clicked into place of why people need these systems, the, the business reasons and the business benefits to, um, to you know, uh, automate process and things like that, it all just fell into place. Um, so after I finished off there, I went to work for an end user, so I was running Salesforce internally for them. Okay. Uh, then I moved over to uh, an app exchange company, Conga, which is where I, where I met Penny, Penny yeah. was the MD, uh, my boss over there. And then I went to uh, move to a consultancy and kind of founded, I, I uh, got um, I, the managing director basically left a very small consultancy, the, the London office. Uh, and I was promoted to managing director um, where I ran that for, uh, for four years. Uh, and then alongside all of that, I founded Salesforce Ben, mm -hmm. which is, was my personal blog, hence the name Salesforce yeah. Ben, and uh, has now become, so that was eight years ago, and it's now become the largest Salesforce news site publisher in the world. So wow. we're, we kind of like to compare ourselves a bit to TechCrunch, but okay. just focusing on the world of Salesforce. Salesforce. So yeah. it's yeah. like um, you know, new features, new products, acquisitions, announcements, releases, uh, new features in the releases, uh, but also a lot on how Salesforce professionals can advance their careers, what mm -hmm. kind of job should they take next, how can they upskill, um, you know, what kind of salary can they expect, all, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's my career in a nutshell. I think one of the great things in Salesforce at the moment is so many people are coming from non-traditional backgrounds, right. and that's almost the norm now. I think yeah. it's yeah. kind of rare to hear someone that's actually been to uni and got Salesforce that way. Well, it, it, I'll, I'll perhaps touch on the talent shortage of you in a bit, mm -hmm. but yeah, the kind of and I, I personally think it creates quite an interesting diverse mix when you have different yeah. people from different backgrounds. But it's always interesting to hear hear your story. But thanks for that. Thanks for that, Ben. So, how long has Salesforce Ben been been going? So, so eight years, okay. now, which is quite 
shocking. So I had that graduate job and then yeah. I moved to an end, that was working for a consultancy, then moved to an end user where I was running their Salesforce right. instance internally. Yeah. Uh, founded Salesforce Ben while I was at that end user job. So okay. the reason I kind of founded it was because <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of documentation online at that time. Right. Uh, Trailhead, I don't know if you know Trailhead, yeah. which is Salesforce's yeah. learning platform, yeah. wasn't around. Okay. It was two years, two years prior to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really it was just a place for me to note down if I was kind of learning something and there was no documentation, it was just a place to kind of write it down, uh, write down this tutorial that I'd worked out myself. And if only it was online, if anyone wanted to read it, then they could go for it. But then it just kind of snowballed a bit. Uh, have there been any kind of hiccups or interesting sort of moments along the journey? Do you know what I do? There hasn't really, because I think building something like an online publisher yeah. is just such a slow, gradual thing. You know, like now we we, we got three hundred thousand monthly users last um, wow. last month, okay. and it's just a very gradual process, years years over years. So it's been years. pretty organic then. Yeah, extremely. So yeah. we get the majority of our traffic from Google. So it's a lot of okay. um, you know, all, yeah, it's probably something like 90 percent from Google. So right. you know we do all this social stuff, but social oh, okay. really is a is a minuscule amount of that's traffic. That's interesting, but it's still sort of search, is it? Yeah, paid, ser paid search or large? No, 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 all all completely organic, mm, and it's okay. just as I guess as Salesforce is getting more popular, you know, more people are searching terms and yeah. things like that. So we're put, we're trying to put out as much relevant content as we can, um, but also you know I don't know if you know the stat that sales Salesforce uh, predict nine point three million new jobs by twenty twenty six. So it's a lot of people coming into the to ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think we fill quite quite a nice uh, niche where you know Salesforce has great content. You know, Trailhead yeah. is fantastic, but yeah. we kind of try and simplify it as much as we can. You know, no fluff. You know, Salesforce have, um, are always going to be talking about their products in a certain way, but yes. we just want to kind of give the raw, yeah. you know, the, the raw uh, content. The no BS sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and what's interesting for me is quite how big the Salesforce ecosystem is. And going back to Penny, I mean, when, when I uh, so Penny and I worked together many many years ago. One of the things we were working on, she was working on when we when we when we uh, paths crossed originally was the Salesforce implementation for one of our projects. And then it was interesting, to sort of, kind of then find her again, kind of working for a, a, a yet another sort of Salesforce consultancy. I mean, there, there are it seems like there are a lot of consultancies and parts of the Salesforce ecosystem. I mean, it's a whole yeah. a whole business sort of industry, and it's a microcosm, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's so, not small, it's big, right? Yeah, so I mean, the Salesforce ecosystem comprises of uh, SIs, consultancies who are implementing Salesforce, yeah. and you've got the end users who are you know, using Salesforce mm -hmm. and have a team internally to run it. Then you've got ISVs, which is independent software vendor, which is uh, the apps. Yeah. So, you know, some of the apps now, uh, some of the DevOps apps like Capado or backups apps like Own Backup, you know, these these um, these companies are unicorns that, yeah. you know, Own, uh, Own Backup got valued at three billion the other day. So some of these companies are absolutely huge. Um, and then actually you've got PDOs as well, which are, um, oh, I can't remember what it stands for, but they're the people who, uh, you know, if you have an app idea, like if Tanium had an app idea they wanted to yeah. build inside of Salesforce, you go yeah. to a PDO and they right. develop your app for you. So right. it's, yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it, it's something I'm fascinated with because I quite, I, I consider myself an entrepreneur and I'm quite interested in you know, yeah. the entrepreneurial yeah. um, lifestyle. I find it very interesting, these new types of companies that are spinning up in Salesforce all the time. Like there's companies which will even negotiate your Salesforce contract for you and they take a percentage <laughs> of the, you wow. know, the, yeah, there's, you know, we've got a small publishing business that's just focused on Salesforce. <laughs> the other uh, part of it is I think people don't quite appreciate if they're not involved in, in the ecosystem 
quite how much beyond sales Salesforce has gone, yeah. right? I mean, clearly there is still a big CRM, there's still a big sales. If you work in sales, chances are you're probably using Salesforce to log your opportunities and, and you know, um, accounts and, and communications with customers. But the reality is it's gone far beyond uh, you know, CRM, hasn't it? I guess it has, has done for, for some time now. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the kind of core CRM is still like sales cloud, yep. which is for selling, and service yep. cloud, which is customer support. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the industry clouds, which is like financial services for financial services companies, health cloud, uh, manufacturing cloud, which is all like specific sales and service cloud implementations, but for these industries, yep. purpose built, yep. which was through the velocity acquisition. But then you've got marketing, uh, you know, Tableau, it's part of, business it's part of the part of, yeah. like B2B yeah. marketing, yeah. Uh, what else, MuleSoft for mm -hmm. integrating, mm -hmm. um, uh, they've released the Net Zero Cloud, which is to help you track your um, your uh, output, like environmental oh, that's really output. Okay. Um, so they've just done a deal with F1, actually, so that uh, sp sponsoring F1, which is quite cool. So you see uh, Salesforce <laughs> logos around F1, and yeah. they're helping. They're, they've just bought Net Zero Cloud to help them get to right. Net Zero, and they're releasing, you know, two or three or four products each year. I'd say yeah. uh, quite big products, or or acquiring them. Tony was. You know, now part of Service Cloud, actually, mm. so or the ITSC sort of proposition. One of the things that you may not be aware of is quite how um, the relationship between Tanium and Salesforce is such that we're able to use Tanium data. So what Tanium does as quickly is essentially lets you see every bit of technology, every asset you have, uh, be that the laptop, desktop, server. I saw a quick demo, a 90 second demo on YouTube that was quite impressive. Okay. Finding like a hash from a yes. dodgy file or something yeah. and searching every computer. That, that was probably area. Darren. So Darren did a really quick lightning mm. talk in 90 yeah, seconds. And yeah, that's just him just showing some value really, really quickly. But essentially what it does is it's, it's like the Google uh, for your IT estate. So very quickly you can go and search for like users, processes, in that case, like MD5 hash, applications, um, Performance of machines, etc. Et so, um, you know, we, that's been running for, for well, that was launched in 2007 as a company, and you know, we've been maturing ever since. But what we've got to now is a point where we can take that data rather than to search for it, present it alongside a service cloud ticket. So, mm -hmm. someone say someone raises a help desk ticket into service cloud, the help desk operator can see not only what the person is struggling with or asking for. They can get a complete like X-ray breakdown of what's going on in the computer. Yep. How much you know CPUs utilised, what apps are installed. You know, kind of a breakdown which stays a whole bunch of steps. Like, oh, can you tell me then about what's going on in your computer? We, yep. You can already see what's going on. And the idea is to sort of reduce um, call times and close tickets faster. Because yep. if you can arm the IT help desk person, you can maybe close and resolve an issue in the first line rather than having to perhaps go to second or third line and maybe even close it in the first case, so first call resolution. Um, well, I suppose this fits perfectly into you know the digital HQ because everyone's remote and you know can't walk over to a help desk and get an IT guy. Absolutely, I mean that's out. one of the reasons why Salesforce and Tanium collaborated is recognizing now the world has gone mm. hybrid and in many cases remote, particularly for knowledge workers. You can't just drop your laptop off into the IT department. You yeah. know the IT department needs a smart way of seeing what's going on with your computer. Changing it, provisioning it, etc., remotely or you know where, wherever you might be. So, yeah, it's a really interesting partnership. I'll put links in the video description uh, to, to where people can find out more. But the service cloud piece for me is is fascinating. And I think until this happened, I was perhaps in that set of people that thought it was largely still just you know the sales, um, you know, and perhaps ticket management. But you know, the whole marketing piece, the whole uh, you know new avenues that they've gone on. 
and given you're pretty, you know, you're pretty in tune with the with the community and ecosystem, what are you seeing perhaps coming you know, in architecture tomorrow? We'd like to talk about the, the future. What what what's your kind of bet on what what Salesforce is perhaps going to do next, or what's the kind of big thing that you're excited to sort of see happening mm. near, near town? So. I think, so I, I've always been really interested in, in like growing your career. I mean, our mission statement for Salesforce Ben is advancing your Salesforce yeah. career. So, you know, helping people in any way we can yeah. to advance their careers. And something that's really exciting at the moment is so one of the reasons that I, I think, you know, did did quite well in Salesforce was because it didn't require code. Right. Like I, I've right. never been dedicated enough to learn how to code. Like at okay. uni, it was like just kind of copying the guy <laughs> next door. But um, like, it, yeah, it's, it's all declarative, so it's point and yeah. click, it's building automations, you know, complex automations processes with um, with uh, clicks, not code. Mm -hmm. And Salesforce taking this step further with Flow, so okay. I don't know if you've heard of Salesforce Flow. No. So Flow is like, um, it's more of, it's a declarative automation tool, so it's like, you know, update this field when you do mm -hmm. this, but it's quite a complex UI, and you can do very complex stuff, you can do loops and things like that, so right. it's more comparable to kind of like, drag and drop code, okay. um, so it's very impressive. And Salesforce are migrating all of their automations to Flow. So it's quite a big change, but quite a powerful change. But people are kind of talking about declarative developers now. Right. So these declarative developers are, are the people that can't code, but they can build very powerful automations with this complex It's basically, if you can define a flow, a flow, you know, a diagram, a flow diagram yeah. or something, and then, then it's not a huge amount of step further. Well, to that's exactly that. what it is. Yeah. A flow looks yeah. like a process diagram, yeah. but you know, you, you're just yeah, adding things in, and you can add formulas, but it's, um, it's very impressive. And, and people think you know, there's gonna be a new role coming out. You've got the Salesforce admin, which is like the core, mm -hmm. I would say probably the most common Salesforce role, which the Salesforce admin would go in their end user to run their system. But yeah, it's talking about declarative developers, which all they do is build you know, complex automations, but use it, but not using code, which I think is quite exciting because it's more, it's more accessible. It's yeah. you know, a lower barrier barrier to entry for someone that can learn flow as opposed to spending years learning how to code. Yeah, I mean, I think the kind of rise of um, it's, it's the kind of what's replaced RAD essentially. I mean, the rapid application development, the sort of visual, um, the likes of our systems, and I'm trying to remember. The, I think not Aptio, but similar things to that, where yeah, you, you can like tray the integration one. Essentially, you can yeah build build an app by by dragging, dropping sort yeah. of elements on it. And I think I suppose in my career as a enterprise architect, a solution architect, I've had a bit of a love hate relationship with some of those things mm. because I think used for the right purposes, they're great. Yeah. But all, unfortunately, I've come across sort of nightmare scenarios where someone is trying to build like some kind of you know massive financial risk model, mm. <laughs> you know, on some of these things, and and it's no fault of their own. It's because they just sort of you know mapped out whatever and done it, but then when they want to try and scale it, to, yeah. you know, and it, and it, so I think in the right in the right way, these things can be really really powerful. And it's for me part of this journey of the commoditization really of technology, right? That you're right, not everyone needs to know about coding. That's kind of hidden for you know for, for many people, um, and, and essentially it makes it like say more accessible for business users to create their own applications. Mm. But then I think there are still then, then the, 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 the conflict for that for some organisations is they want to differentiate. They want to use technology in a really unique, bold way. If you look at things like Web three and crypto and all this sort of stuff that's coming up at the moment, love it or hate it, you know, some of these some organisations are going to jump on that bandwagon, and they're going to do some very custom development in order to kind of create a new sort of you know customer experience or user journey. So I think for me, these things are great, but in you know, it used in the right way. And yep. I think for you know, for removing admin or for you know, kind of um, fairly, uh, I suppose, linear things. 
that, that they make a lot of sense. Mm. So no, that's interesting to see Salesforce continue to go down that, yeah. that route. And, and it is, it's, it's, it, this has been happening like it's low code movement, low code mm, Salesforce, low code and no code. But, yeah. you know, a long, long yeah. time in Salesforce. So people are always kind of predicting, you know, will developers be around in, you know, X number of years or something like that. But developers are the most in demand, have always been the most in demand <laughs> yeah. resource in yeah. Salesforce, even yeah. though they're releasing more and more declarative tools. So, and I think it is because, you know, you've got, uh, completely custom UIs with the lightning experience now, you know, okay. integrations. Yeah. Um, and of course, you will always need, so Apex code is, is the code which is used on Salesforce platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're looking to build very high volume, scalable automations, then Salesforce will always like, yeah, use Apex for that instead of the, yes. the, low, the low code stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the low code movement's really, really interesting. And I think, um, I guess, there's, there's a bit of me as a, Former developer that sort of you know, perhaps perhaps has issue with it. But I need to get yeah. over that and just yeah, say it has yeah. its place. Uh, and going back to sort of talent and skills, that's quite an interesting part of that dynamic, isn't it? Because to assume that we can hire enough programmers and developers is probably, you know, mad, right? We're not. It's just it's, so actually low code and no code tools are probably part of the answer to the talent shortage in some ways. Yes. Because it allows people to kind of create their own solutions where that's within the realms of possibility, rather than having to. Yeah. So that's. But what, what's your take on the sort of talent shortage? Where is the Salesforce ecosystem in terms of talent? I mean, it, how, how hard is it to hire? Yeah, Extremely. Right. Like, it was always hard, even before the pandemic, mm -hmm. but then the pandemic hit. And, you know, I mean, Salesforce's share price shot up because, so, you know, everyone was going through their digital transformations. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a, in, I know in the London kind of consultant world, there was a big lull, you know, while, while in the middle of 2020, while everyone was working out, you know, what the yeah. hell are we going to do? Yeah. You know, can we survive? Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it just absolutely boomed. And right. it's the, the thing is in the sales source, in, in, the, in the London ecosystem, people like steal from each other all the time. And when I used to run a consultancy, that's what you do as well, because that's the easiest thing. But it's not the right thing to do. You know, yeah. the right thing is to bring in talent from outside. Right. And I think people are people are putting a lot of effort into that now. There's a, Salesforce themselves are putting a lot of effort into partnering with training providers, providing free programs themselves. So um, they've got like Vet Force for veterans. They've okay. got talent. They've got uh, Talent Alliance and Pathfinders. I can't remember exactly who they're targeted at, but they're free programs targeted at a specific type of person. You know, maybe from low income backgrounds, things yeah. like that, yeah. um, to help skill these individuals up to get in Salesforce. So. It's, but I know I gave you that statistic earlier, 9.3 million new roles are going to be available. That's just mad. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, and as the Salesforce ecosystem kind of expands as well, you know, like they've got Slack now in, mm, in the, mm, in the yeah. Salesforce products, where, yeah. you know, where you need roles, Slack developers and, you know, right. admins and things like that. So it, it is quite crazy. But I, I think it, you know, a lot of, I've, there's never been a time before where there's as many like training companies and individuals focus on upskilling and training uh, people in the Salesforce ecosystem, you know, us included. We don't offer training programs, but we've right. got courses and of course right. we're putting out content all the time and just trying to add value really in that space. And I think I saw that you've got a book on starting a Salesforce consultancy, yep. right? Is that is that published or is that something you're working on at the moment? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an ebook, so, uh, yeah. okay. um, so it's online, but it's, yeah, yeah that's something, so, so I, I kind of, Joined, I, I was at Conga where, where um, Penny was, and then mm. uh, I got a job in a consultancy because I wanted to learn more about the Salesforce, uh, you know, the, the actual Salesforce product set, not um, yeah. an, an app exchange app. Yeah. Um, and I got promoted to managing director after about two months because the other managing director left. 
and someone else left. So I got promoted, but it was just like a title, no pay rise, no, okay. no real responsibilities. But right. then after like four and a half years, we grew into two, two million in revenue, 25 wow. people. Right. Um, so I kind of had this like, this four years of like crazy, crazy, trying to learn as much as right. I could about how do you run a consultancy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it kind of like fast tracked me and yeah, so I wrote a book on how, how other people can do it. Cause it's a very, if you're a little bit entrepreneurial, you run yeah. your own business, very easy to do to, to move from a you know Salesforce consulting role to your own consultancy right. Um, right. but it's like it's got nuances the same as anything you know, yeah that I had to learn very quickly so it's all very fresh in my mind when I when I left but it, it feels almost like this uh, this subculture of like doing it's, it's a bit like if you're, yeah I mean yeah, big time. Some, some people I suppose some people are in the kind of Microsoft ecosystem aren't they and yeah uh, I guess some people are in the more traditionally in the IBM one or, or Oracle but Salesforce very much feels like this sort of more cloud native, um, more you know, sprinkling a few more buzzwords here, shall I? Like digital transformation, the kind of, the kind of you know the more modern uh, SaaS yeah. kind of wave. Uh, I think that's possibly why it's so attractive because I suppose the barrier to entry is perhaps easier, right? And yeah. It's, yeah, and, and then there's obviously that learning curve, but also the fact that it's SaaS means that you know, it's, 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 it's not just easier in terms of the skills, but it's easier in terms of kind of building and implementing something for a customer, right? It's kind of, yeah. whereas perhaps some of the other ecosystems, there's far more, I don't know if this is changing because they're going cloud as well, but there's perhaps a bit more foundational pieces and elements, you know, in Microsoft, you might need to build a SQL server and this, mm. that, and the other. Glee River's year, some of this stuff's changing, but I think Salesforce were the ones that kind of came along and went, we're solving the business problem. Yeah. And actually that technology underneath the hood isn't, isn't so much of a, you know, concern. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's it's just all. It's the one of the reason reasons that Salesforce is so powerful is because yeah. you can make so many customizations. Just as we've talking before, declarative. Yeah. You know, any, anyone can go in, and that platform has been. I, I think they, it was called Force.com. Mm. It's been renamed. It's been renamed Salesforce Platform. Right. right. But they were brought out in 2005, so it's been built upon since 2005 yeah. or something. So yeah. it's just so powerful and flawless in the way that you can you can customize things, and as you said, lower barrier barrier to entry, like. You know, there's this term accidental admin in the Salesforce world, <laughs> and it's right. because most people you meet yeah. didn't plan to get into Salesforce. It was like they were in the IT team, and their boss went, "Hey, we're implementing Salesforce. You need to learn it." And right. like an accidental right. admin. Like, right. like, that's a very, very common story. Okay. And I think one of the other things that makes Salesforce stand out is the community. So I've kind of learned this over over the last few years, but the Salesforce community is like is very tight knit, close, mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, send the elevator back down kind of thing. You know, successful people okay. wanting to help the, the yeah. new people, um, and that all stems from Salesforce's founders, the one 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 model they've got, where they give back one percent of their equity, product, and time. Okay. Um, so it's a very cool community, and what I've heard is that from other communities like Microsoft, it's not the same. It's not as kind of tight knit like you've got mm -hmm. salesforce user groups all mm -hmm. over the world mm -hmm. you've got uh, you've got a movement called salesforce saturdays where people give up not give up their saturdays but you know they go to a cafe and meet other right. sales professionals saturday just to learn right. you know speak to each other things like that yeah so that's something that i think has propelled the salesforce you know product and the ecosystem um so far yeah well it's a fascinating insight into the world of the salesforce community and ecosystem um and I, I look forward to exploring it further as Octanium gets more and more involved um, in the ecosystem. Um, what do you what do you see coming next for Salesforce Ben? What's what's next on the horizon for you guys? 
So we're, um, yeah, I mean, we've been trying to define that. So we've got a, a, a great team. There's six of us now with a yeah. couple of people who work part-time. Um, and we've been defining that together, you know, what's our future. And we've, we define our, like, mission statement. In summary, it's like advancing Salesforce professionals' careers, yeah. you know, yeah. um, helping new people get into Salesforce. But we're, we've got our core kind of site, which is the publishing, mm -hmm. publishing uh, business, so getting out free content, you know, 15 blog posts a week, something like that. Um, then we've released our courses section of the site, which was around six months ago. So yeah. we've got my uh, ebook slash course, you know, how to start a Salesforce consultancy. Been working with people um, external to Salesforce band, like thought leaders. So uh, my friend Ankit's just done how to become a Salesforce freelancer. Okay. Um, and then we develop courses internally, how to pass certifications, right. uh, practice exams, things like that. The, the next thing that we're launching in about a month is a job board. Uh, right. which we're quite excited for because there's no Salesforce job board huh. uh, or there are, there are Salesforce job boards out there but not really ones that are popular right. so um, you know and, and we've got a good kind of user base of Salesforce professionals and we know a lot of the, the people who are hiring right so we're trying to match them up that would be a good, a good marketplace sort of exchange yeah okay. yeah. yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's what we're focusing on at the moment okay. um, past that I'm not too sure because this is taking up so much of my <laughs> brain space at the moment <laughs> but uh, but yeah those are kind of the three core things that we're focusing on which we hope will you know help people land land jobs and um advance their careers and does it feel strange given that salesforce ben i guess was your creation it was you know your, your is, is it funny now to kind of work in a company that's sort of yeah. partly your name is it yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of wondered it's it's it, yeah sorry what you can say. i was gonna say if you wondered about maybe at some point changing it or maybe making salesforce ben might a subcomponent of, of yeah. the company, or I mean, it's definitely a bit weird. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's my name, and it used to be the logo used to be a superhero kind of thing with my face on, you know, <laughs> with like the S uh, logo on the okay. chest. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird. It, I think it's got better now because people see it more as a brand name. Like right. when people meet me, they right. go, "Oh, there's actually a Ben MacArthur. There's a Ben behind it," which I think is better that it's a brand name because before people when like. A lot of our content is powered from the community. So we like to, um, you know, people who are really passionate about Salesforce, they come yeah. to us and go, hey, I've got an article idea. And we'll help them, you know, format it really nicely, give them tips, um, and then publish it and get them recognition as well. But people always used to tag me in articles going, thank you, Ben McCarthy, for this article. And I'd like tag them and go, thank you, but it was actually done the day who, who wrote this one. And it was kind of things like that yeah. where I was like, I didn't want yeah. to take credit away yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from other people. But yeah. I think at some point we probably will rebrand to something else um, just because, yeah, it's, it is quite funny now. Well, it's kind of a bit like Ask Jeeves in a way, I suppose, isn't it? You know, kind of, yeah. It's like, because there's this, there's this, this, but maybe... Um, like Tom's Hardware <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Maybe that maybe there's an origin story that, you know, there probably is a Tom, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but you don't think about it. So no, you don't. So maybe, the, maybe there isn't an issue there at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you can kind of... Doesn't inflate your ego so they can't get in the room. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> my girlfriend works with me at Salesforce Band. Oh uh, right, so wow, okay. It's constantly conscious of my ego, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> it's not nice to get big headed, so. Brilliant. Well, no, look, it's been really, really interesting talking about Salesforce Band and the ecosystem, and uh, I hope to talk to, to to you again, but also other members of the community about what Tame is doing in the community, but also yeah. uh, you know, learning, learning, learning more. I think. You know, we're really excited about bringing real-time data on technology into the ecosystem mix. We think you know, at the moment it started with the service cloud, the ITSC sort of proposition, you know, the kind of service management piece. But personally, I can see a whole bunch of other sort of potential angles that might be to do with business risk or you 
know, um, cyber or insurance or things like that. So there's, there, I think we're just sort of scratching the surface really with what that partnership looks like. Um, but yeah, at the, at the moment it's a it's a Salesforce proposition, right? It's not actually a Tanium. It, it's powered by Tanium, but people wouldn't necessarily even necessarily know that. Yeah. It's a very much a Salesforce um, product, you know, component of, of Service Cloud. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. I'm sure our audience would love to hear about it. So I'm sure there's some ways we can collaborate as well. Brilliant, great stuff. Thanks, Ben. Cool. Cheers, Oliver.